Welcome to In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. The May cover story for National Geographic magazine is genius. Author and journalist Claudia Kalb delves into the issue, asking the question, where do geniuses come from? And what role does society play in their development? Or is genius simply a genetic lottery? I recently talked with Kalb about those questions and more for this edition of In the Author's Voice. Well, I think genius is just such a fascinating topic because it's sort of this enigma. What is genius? How do people become geniuses? And what are the elements of it? Um, I've looked at uh, mental health and the brain and psychology and sort of what drives people uh, over many years of reporting at Newsweek first and then as a freelancer. And I wrote a book about historical figures and the mind, which included people like Einstein and Darwin, um, geniuses of the day in different fields. And so in this article for National Geographic, the idea was to really get at the elements of genius, um, what comprises genius and what makes it up. So I sort of went on this search and this quest, and it's, it's a challenge, but I came up with a few ingredients. We probably all know someone that has just a, a wisdom or an understanding beyond his or her age and experience and or a creative energy that um, is just incredible and fascinating, despite whatever circumstance they may have have grown up in. Is there society influential on, on genius, or are we are, are certain individuals just born with some sort of genetic stuff that right. sets us apart? Well, you mentioned a lot of important factors, and really it's a confluence of factors is, is what I found in talking to the experts. Um, so genes play a role to some degree. I mean, um, various aspects of behavior and intelligence and the way we are, it comes through our genes, but that's not everything. So when you look at intelligence, for example, you can go back to studies done a number of decades ago that show um, even people with genius sort of level IQs don't always turn out to be the highest achievers. And some people whose IQs aren't quite that high can become um, great masters in a field. So intelligence is important, but it's not the only thing. One of the most important things is, is creativity. Um, you have to be able to think beyond the box and sort of think ahead and outside. Um, but you also need really a lot of perseverance, the grit that keeps you going with an idea or your thoughts or your thinking. And then, you know, you mentioned society. To some degree, there's a little bit of luck involved. So people who happen to be born during the Renaissance or people born into Silicon Valley. I mean, there's these places and times in history um, that nurture genius to some degree. And even at the family level, that's important, too, because um, it, you need to, to have those interests and those talents and those passions um, nurtured at home. And then that can then allow this young person to develop this wandering, creative, genius mind. With all national geographic pieces are some wonderfully illustrative and incredible uh, photographs in especially looking at the online uh, at the online piece and I'm drawn to the I'm drawn to the kind of the scientific end of this thing what is the what is the brain chemistry behind this or what do we know now or maybe I should say do we know more now what makes fantastic musicians fantastic musicians Right. I think there are inklings coming out. I mean, there's still so much to learn, and the brain is like the universe. It's just enormously um, complex and hard to study. But scientists are, are doing some interesting experiments in the lab looking at creativity. And so one of them that I write about in the story, and you can see in the photographs, is um, these jazz musicians were put into an MRI 
um, with a keyboard, and as they're playing music, um, first memorized and, and, and then improvised, um, the, the um, researcher is looking at, this is Dr. Charles Lim, is looking at what's going on in their brain, and what he finds is that the network in your brain that sort of tells you to go to work and pay your taxes and you know get to what you need to do during the day is sort of this external focus network, and the internal network in the brain which allows you to daydream and imagine, um, are sometimes um, feuding or working, you know, at one more than the other. But when he looked at the, the brains of these musicians while they're improvising, he found that the network that allows you to improvise and be creative came to the fore. And the other network that can sometimes censor that kind of creativity was damped down. So there was more activity going on in that internal network. And that's so interesting because it means that um, these musicians are able to, something is going on when they're being highly creative um, that allows them to use a part of their brain that gives them that power. Um, and they're kind of turning off that, you know, must-do self-censoring part of the brain from being so active. I find that so fascinating. A, a, a colleague of mine is an instructor in the in the School of Music, and I've heard him tell students and parents alike, I can teach you the mechanics, but the music comes from within. Mm-hmm. And it never really made sense to me until I thought about it, and that now it, it really makes sense just listening to you talk about some of this research. Yeah, it's fascinating. I interviewed um, the jazz uh, pianist Keith Jarrett, who is just known to be um, a master of, of improvising. He walks up on stage and does not know what he's going to play until he literally begins to play. And he told me he really doesn't know exactly how this works. Obviously, he's trained and he's studied and he's got lots of experience. But when he sits down, there's something that sort of takes hold. Um, and he goes into this vast space of music. And it's you know he doesn't really want to know what that secret you know, um, thing is that that formula, whatever it is, that allows him to do that. He, he he likes the idea that it's kind of mysterious. So I th- I thought that was so interesting too. In doing the research and, and 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 kind of examining this across time, is there, or maybe I should say, what are some of the parallels that you've noticed, or are there some parallels between as we've looked at what has been considered genius over over generations? Parallels to something. I don't know a, a common thread or. Um, okay. uh, uh, a common uh, aspect of of maybe you know, who these individuals were or are as uh-huh. as people. I, I just trying to. It is incredibly fascinating. I was I'm wondering if there are just any 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 threads of commonality that that travel through these individuals over time that we we consider to be geniuses. Right. Well, I think there's so many aspects. I mean, they're all very different, unique individuals in so many ways, but they have these opportunities for one thing. I mean, you don't see as many women who come up um, in the genius category, and part of that is because either they weren't educated or given that opportunity, or they didn't have the ability to, to sort of rise through the ranks and focus on their work. So it has to be that that opportunity has to be there as much as anything. And there seems to be this internal drive and persistence and grit that drives people um, in a way that, that that makes them stand out. So somebody with an idea that may even be um, controversial or so new that it seems um, wrong or weird, um, but that person has some ability to, to sort of have confidence and persist. So there seems to be this real inner um, drive. And then, you know, the, the family circumstances I mentioned as well, just the, the um, being born into a, into a a time and place. Sometimes um, hardship can actually um, make people more 
driven into their pursuit. Um, some interesting research on that. So all sorts of aspects can contribute, and it's, it, it was hard to, to figure out if there were um, similarities among all these people. In some ways there are, in some ways they're not. They're, each one is really an individual path. Um, and the history of genius is really interesting because the concept of it has changed. And, you know, once was thought everybody had a little genius, sort of an external genius, um, and then it became this kind of internalized, mysterious force, and maybe it came from some... Um, bodily humor inside the body. And then, you know, it's really became a thing all about intelligence. And then that changed, and it's really evolved over the centuries. After doing all of this, how would you define genius? And as a, for lack of a better description, as a label, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, those are two good questions. I think um, it's really hard to define, but I would say, you know, uh, some sort of extraordinary um, ability that persists and lasts throughout generations. I think that's one of the most important defining concepts of the term, as much as you can define it, would be work, um, whether it's art or music or uh, physical, you know, theories in physics that really last and make an, a, a huge impact on society that continues throughout generations um, to come. So that would be one way to think about it. Um, and then, you know, the label question is always interesting. I think there, there are a lot of people who worry about it because um, it's, it's impossible to, to attain, really. And, and um, people who might be considered genius in one category, you could be missing uh, people with very bright minds who may not, you know, come to the fore as sort of necessarily genius as you might see it, but really have extraordinary abilities and talents that can be nurtured. So I think um, the label can be, can be challenging, especially when you're talking about young children. Um, but I think the concept of it is really interesting. And I think ultimately there's genius in everybody to some degree and sort of finding that passion and, and talent and interest in nurturing it is what's most important. The, the piece covers a kind of a wide, wide range. How did you decide where you were going to explore when putting together this, this article? Yeah, you know, it was, it was it was really like a treasure hunt. It was a lot of fun to to go down into these various holes in a way, and and some um, I didn't even get to talk about um, quite a bit of the research because I tried to pull from so many different places. And even I mentioned um, this project looking where where a group of international researchers are looking for Leonardo's DNA. You know, I, I chose that because that illustrates to some degree, uh, the, the new science, sort of what's on the um, map now in terms of trying to better understand the brain, what drives people. So trying to find Leonardo da Vinci's DNA, what was going on in, in those blueprints, those genetic blueprints, was there anything different? So I wanted to include that sort of as the science. And then looking at the history and talking to historians about the concept of genius, um, that was important to give people some context. The brain science that's going on with creativity, it's not as if the creative, the people studying creativity are necessarily studying genius, but they're interested in creativity. And it became clear as I reported in research that that's an important component of genius. So what are we learning about creativity um, and intelligence? I mean, there's, there's people actually looking for intelligence genes, which is something that is controversial. What does that mean? What could that lead to? And yet intelligence is an interesting concept to explore, and it's a piece of um, what people, you know, rely on as they move forward in their, in their lives um, to achieve what they do. So intelligence um, became this clear component. And then just talking to people who study this and who've written about genius, who helped guide me to various aspects of, of um, what 
makes up a genius. I think at the end of the day, it's clear that it's very hard to define simply. Um, and, you know, people disagree on whether it should be defined at all. So that made it even more interesting and more challenging to study. Is that what you hope that people take away from, from this project? Yes. I mean, I think it really is important to know that, that, that it's not, that, you know, it's not a label that should be thrown about, that it's a really complex concept. It's a really interesting concept. I think it's a concept that, um, you know, really appeals to everyone at some level because it seems to some degree um, so mysterious and unattainable. And then when you break it down, you realize, well, some of these components, all of these components are things we can all strive for in our lives. So if at the end of the day, talking about genius and writing about genius is really about um, raising the bar that we can all reach toward, I mean, to me, that's a really wonderful goal for everybody. That's author and journalist Claudia Kalb. Her story, Genius, is the May cover story for National Geographic magazine, currently on newsstands and available online at nationalgeographic.com. With this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.